Christ is enough. Amen? Man, powerful words. Thank you, DJ. Well, before I forget, because I will forget, because I was supposed to say it earlier and I forgot, tonight uh, we're having a welcoming party for Grayson and Margaret Ann uh, at 6 p.m. in our gym. So let me invite you to come tonight, come back tonight for that. If you want to bring a small gift card or gift of some sort, uh, that would be wonderful. But it's a chance for us to gather, get to know them better, to eat some great desserts and spend time in fellowship. And one thing I know about this church, uh, you can cook and you can fellowship. So let's uh, look forward to coming back tonight and being together and doing that together. It'll be a great time. Uh, I was thinking about this all week. Uh, An invitation has the power to change a life. Think about that. An invitation has the power to change a life. If you haven't been with us or if you've missed out, let me just recap real quickly. The last few weeks we've been talking about sort of a new mission, a new vision for our church, and it really comes from the words of Jesus to be salt and light, to literally live different in the world around us. I know that's not grammatically correct. It should be live differently, but I wanted to make it live different just to make it different and to really kind of annoy you like it bothers me so that all week you're thinking about the same thing I'm thinking about, and it's this. How can I live different because of Jesus? How do I talk different? How do I walk different? How do I treat people different? How do I live different in the world around me in everyday, ordinary ways because of Jesus? Because of Jesus. And for a lot of us, it all began with an invitation. I don't know about you, but I think I could tell pretty much my whole life story through telling you the series of invitations in my life. For example, I remember really one of the first invitations I got that really set the course for my life was after I graduated high school, I was invited to intern at my home church. And so for the next two years, I was able to work with a church that basically raised me, and it kind of gave me a, a, a calling, a sense that this was what God wanted me to do with my life. And that invitation led me to another invitation where I would go and work for a whole summer in uh, Randolph, New Jersey, to work with one of our partner churches and to serve side by side with them. And by accepting that invitation, it just sort of confirmed what I already knew that God was calling me into a life of, of serving his church, inviting me into a life of serving the local church, which I believe, by the way, the local church is the hope of the world. And so after that, I was invited to, to go to Lipscomb University, where I would get my undergrad and my graduate degrees. And, and within the first three weeks of being on campus at Lipscomb, I both received an invitation and I extended an invitation, both of which would completely alter the trajectory of my life for the rest of my life. Within the first three weeks, I was invited by, uh, by a local youth minister at, at a church in Lebanon, Tennessee, to come and to serve with them. And for the next two years, I would, I would serve with that church. And I was at the same time, I met this beautiful girl who was working in the, uh, the front desk office of our dorm. Her name was Alicia. And I went and I invited her on a date. And how could she say no? And of course, that invitation, some of you laughed. Uh, that invitation, uh, along with the other invitation, led, led to, to completely changing the trajectory of my life. Uh, through working with that church at College Street Church of Christ and, and by... Um, being there on the campus of Lipscomb, I was able, because of the people that God put in my path, develop relationships that would become lifelong mentors. Mentors that, by the way, are a large reason why I'm even here at this church today. And of course, by meeting Alicia and inviting her on a date, later I would invite her to marry me. And again, she said yes. And that launched, you know, our family. All of that, all those invitations led to another invitation. And then the, the, those invitations led us to accept an invitation a few years later 
to work with a church in North Alabama, a great church, and for 10 years I would, I would serve with them. And then after that, I received an invitation to work with the church in Atlanta, and I did that for six years. And then about a year and a half ago, I got an invitation from this church, and I don't know if you knew what you were talking about when you asked me to come, but here I am, and I'm so glad I'm here. And I don't know about you, but I think all of us in the room, we could probably tell our, our whole life story by just sharing the invitations throughout our life that we said yes to. And you are where you are. We are where we are, are we not? Because of the series of invitations in our lives. The invitations we said yes to, the invitations we said no to, and even some of the invitations we missed out on. And for better or worse, we are where we are because of those invitations, right? And so for a lot of us, a lot of us, some of the best days of our lives were the day we got that invitation. Maybe it was an invitation to, yeah, to, to, to join an internship or to start a new job or to move to a new city. Maybe it was an invitation to, uh, you know, for marriage or, or to do something that you've never done before or to get an opportunity you never thought you would have. But, but you said yes to those invitations and, and those invitations were some of the day that you found out that, that you were invited. You were invited to join the team or be a part of the band or get to go do this or go do that. All those invitations, that when you think about those, they remind you of all the good things that happened. And they bring a smile to your face because those invitations were some of the best days of your life. But a lot of us also, for being honest, as we look back over the course of our life, we are where we are in some ways because of some of the invitations we said yes to that we should have said no to. Or some of the invitations we said no to that we should have said yes to or we simply missed out on. And if, if you could build that time machine that all of us wish we had from time to time and go back to yourself five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, the advice that you would probably give yourself would be which invitations to say yes to, which ones to say far, far away from, and which ones to make sure that you don't miss because all of us are where we are because of the invitations in our life, Right? And so, in fact, the, the reason you're even sitting in this room today, the reason you're here at church today is, is because, probably because someone at some point invited you. You know, they invited you to church, or maybe you, you got to this church and they invited you to lunch, or they invited you to, to their small group, and because you were invited, you came back, and then you came back again. And the reason you're here today is because at some point you said yes to an invitation. And a lot of us are here today because at some point we said yes to the invitation of Jesus. We just sang the song that we, I have decided to follow Jesus, and that comes right out of Scripture when Jesus made this, made this invitation to some of his first disciples to, to come follow me. And you heard that invitation at one point, and you were so convicted, so overwhelmed by what, by what Christ had done for you. It was never about what he wanted from you, but you were overwhelmed and convicted by what he did for you that you wanted to give your life to following Jesus. And because you said yes to that invitation, you're here today. I'm here today. Because I believe, I believe Jesus invited me. And I believe Jesus has invited you into a real relationship with him. And it's an amazing thing to think about it, isn't it? That Jesus has invited you, has invited me into an intimate relationship with him, to call him friend, to call his father our father, to know him by name, to be able to pray and to speak and to enter the throne room of the Most High God and to know that he listens. 
you're invited. I've been invited. And today what I want to do is I want, to, I want us to look again at the story of, of when Jesus first extended that same invitation to some of his first followers. And I want you to think about the full invitation of Jesus. So in Luke 5, we have this story. It's also in, in Matthew 4. We'll look at part of that in a minute. But in, Matthew, or in Luke 5, verse 1, we read the story that one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And so we noticed that two empty boats were at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. Now, if you know anything about the story of Jesus, you know that this is the first time that Jesus has an interaction, that Jesus meets with a guy by the name of Simon. You may know him better by the name of Peter. Now, Peter becomes one of the most important people in Scripture, other than Jesus, right? I mean, it's Peter who would be one of the three disciples of Jesus who were sort of in the inner circle. It's Peter who would, who would go on and, and Jesus would say, upon this rock, upon you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. It's Peter who, right before the cross, Peter actually denies even knowing Jesus, not once, not twice, but three separate times. And it's after the cross, after the resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus goes and he finds Peter. And he tells him not once, not twice, but three times how much he loves him. And it's because of that interaction between Peter and Jesus that later on Luke says that Peter's going to preach the first gospel sermon, the first message that tells people that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came, that he lived, that he died, that he was buried, that he rose again three days later, and that he's now ascended back to heaven. And he did all this for all of us. And, it, and Luke says in Acts that because of that message that Peter would preach, that over 3,000 would come to faith today, be baptized, and the church would literally begin. In this moment right here in Luke 5, this is the first time that Jesus meets Peter. And you and I know, in this moment, there is a lot hanging in the balance. And who is Peter? Who is Simon? Who is Simon Peter? He's a fisherman. This is what he does. He's a professional fisherman. And it's been a long, hot, hard day of fishing. And they've got nothing to show for it. They've pulled their boats up to the shore. They've left them there because they're just tired and they're mad. And they're over here fixing their nets. And up walks Jesus in this crowd. And, and then Jesus makes this invitation to Peter and says, Hey, let, let, let me use your boat just for a minute because there's so many people. I can't get enough distance to really speak to everybody. And so Jesus invites Peter to let him use his boat. And you and I both know that there's a lot hanging in the balance in this moment. Because what if Peter said No. You ever think about that? What if Jesus looked over at the boats? Jesus sees two empty boats. He doesn't see any upset fishermen. He sees a ministry opportunity. And he looks over at Simon Peter and he says, Hey, can I, can I borrow your boat? What if Peter said no? Well, you and I know what's hanging in the balance in this, what seems like a simple invitation, but you and I know there's a lot hanging in the balance in this moment. But Peter doesn't. Peter says yes to this first invitation of Jesus. Jesus isn't asking for anything extraordinary. His first invitation of, of Peter is a pretty simple ask. And it's a pretty simple yes. And so, verse 4, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, his second invitation. Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, 
We worked hard all last night, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Jesus gives this. He offers Peter a second invitation to go back out. They've been fishing all night to go back out and to fish you know, some more. Here, Peter's experiencing a series of invitations from Jesus. And here, once again, Peter says, yes, but think about this. Why in the world would Peter take Jesus' advice to go fishing one more time? Did Peter have any idea that Jesus was raised by a carpenter? And maybe all he thinks about, about, about Jesus is that he's some rabbi, some teacher. Peter is a professional fisherman. This is what he does for a living. He knows way more about fishing, he thinks, than Jesus ever could. But for some reason, for whatever reason, Peter says yes to Jesus. And as soon as he says yes to Jesus, they go out and they catch so many fish, they can't believe it. And can you just imagine that in this moment, Jesus in the boat, looking at these soon-to-be disciples and just smiling ear to ear, right? I mean, just watch him as, as they're just, they're trying to pull this and they can't even do it. They're so full of fish. Fish are jumping in the boat. Fish are jumping out of the boat. They're trying to chase the fish around. Jesus is thinking, I am so glad I'm human right now that I can experience this in this way, that I can see this this way. It had to be the same joy, right, that any parent experiences when they get the lavish gifts on their children. Jesus right here is looking at these soon-to-be disciples, and they just can't believe what's happening before their eyes. There's, there's more fish than they've ever seen. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with them. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. They were absolutely amazed. It's after Jesus invited Peter to borrow his boat for a moment. It's after Jesus invited Peter to go fishing one more time. That Peter and his buds experienced the overwhelming blessing of what it is to say yes to Jesus. And it's after these relatively simple invitations and saying yes to these relatively simple things that Jesus then invites Peter to something more. Listen to what it says next. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. They realized that what they were experiencing, it it wasn't some once-in-a-lifetime fishing trip. What had just happened is they had stepped into the presence of someone who was literally from God. This isn't some fishing trip. This is a holy moment. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. I love when Matthew told the story. He, he, He said this. He said, Jesus said these words. He said, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Right here. Right here, Jesus makes his third invitation, right, of Peter. He's invited him to let him use his boat for ministry. He's invited him to go on a fishing trip. And now he's saying, come follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. And again, you and I know, don't we? 
We know because we know generally how the rest of the story goes. We know what hangs in the balance in this moment. You never know what hangs in the balance for someone when you invite them to follow Jesus. Right now, there is so much hanging in the balance for Peter, for the kingdom of God, it would seem, with this invitation that Jesus is extending to Peter. And listen to what what happens. Luke says, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This was an invitation of a lifetime. And right here, when Jesus invited his first followers, when he invited Peter to follow him, Luke says he left everything. He left everything and followed him. He said yes to Jesus. And I'm wondering today, I'm wondering today if if you and I have said yes to the invitation of Jesus. And what I mean is, have you accepted Have you said yes to the full invitation of Jesus? I think a lot of us have heard the first part of the invitation of Jesus. I I know I have, right? In fact, we say it a lot, that to be be a follower of Jesus means to be a disciple of Jesus. It means to literally, when Jesus says, come follow me, to go and to follow him, to, to model our lives after him, to follow his teaching, to follow him where he leads, I'll follow. We sing songs just like that. And so we want to say yes to Jesus and to the first part of his invitation to come and to follow Jesus. But, but right here, when he's inviting his first disciples, when he's inviting his first followers, the invitation is two parts. There's the invitation to follow, and there's the invitation to go fishing, right? Because you were invited, and they were invited not just to be invited. You were invited to be an inviter. You were, a life of following Jesus is a life of following, but it's also a life of fishing. It's a life of accepting the invitation of Jesus, but it's also a life of inviting others to follow Jesus. And right here in this moment, it seems like there's two parts of the invitation. And I wonder if we've said yes to part one, but if we, for whatever reason, have disregarded or ignored or forgotten or lost sight of part two. For a lot of us, saying yes to the first part was no easy yes, and I want to make sure I say that. For a lot of us, when we said yes to follow Jesus, when he said, come follow me, and we heard that calling and that invitation in our life, for us, that, that was not necessarily an easy yes. Because we realized in that moment, some of us more than others, that that costs something. There's a cost to discipleship. There's a cost to following Jesus. When you follow Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, when you accept that invitation of Jesus, it means saying yes to certain things, it means saying no to certain things. And a life of following Jesus does carry a weight with it that is significant. And a lot of us, when we say yes to Jesus, when we accept that invitation, we understood that. And we took that seriously. We know what it is to say yes to Jesus and to follow him. But somewhere along the way, I feel like, and at least, I know this is at least it's true for me, but somewhere along the way, I forgot that being invited to follow Jesus isn't just an invitation. It's an invitation to be an inviter. It's a call to, yes, come follow Jesus, but also to become someone who fishes for people. And I want you to think about that. I mean, really, it's, it's sort of a two-part question, right? How are you doing? This is for you, not for me to know, but for you. How are you doing at following Jesus? How are you doing at the first part? And how are you doing at inviting others? To follow Jesus? Who have you invited? Who are you praying for? Who are you wanting to invite? Who's on your list, right? Because for us to be followers of Jesus means two things, that yes, we're following him, but then also that we're inviting others into a life of following Jesus. And I wonder, and I wonder, 
I know that this church, I believe this is true, I hear this all the time, that Riverside is an incredibly welcoming church, that we're good at that. I hear that all the time. But I wonder if we're an inviting church. Because that's the kind of church that I think Jesus is calling us to be. Not just a welcoming church, but, but an inviting church. And this part, this part of the idea is, is maybe one of the most important parts, right? Because in a world that has never been more divided for a church, and I believe the church by the power of Jesus Christ has the, has the opportunity to, to step into this, to leverage this, to offer this, unlike any, anyone else in the world. To be a place where we say, you're not just welcome here, you're invited here. Everyone is invited here. It doesn't matter where you come from, what language you speak, what color your skin is, where you work, what your talents are, what your abilities are, what your gender is, what your race is, what your whatever. It, nothing, none of that matters. Everyone is invited into the kingdom of God, and everyone is invited to come be a part of the church because that's the invitation. This is not our invitation. That's the invitation of Jesus. For us to be a people that doesn't just welcome everyone, but that invites everyone. This is so important. And I tell you, at least in my experience, there's at least three kinds of people right now that are waiting for you to make the invitation. I, you know, I've, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I try not to preach things that I don't do. And that's not always true, but I try real hard. And so the last few weeks, I've been, I know this is coming, so I've been trying to get better at inviting people, inviting people to come to church. And it's hard for me, I'll tell you on the one hand, because I preach here, so it feels a little self-centered to do that, but I'm trying to get over that because it's not about me. It's about you. You're a wonderful church, and I would love for anyone that I know to come and experience this church because of Christ and because of you, right? And so when that happens, what I found almost every time when I tell someone that I, that I go to Riverside, almost every single time they say this. They say, tell me about your church. You know why? Because they're searching. Now, almost everybody I talk to who's not a part of this church, who I meet out in our community, at our school, on the baseball field, wherever our life and our family takes us, almost every time this conversation comes up, they always say, tell me about your church. And what I find out is they're searching. They're searching. They're searching for a place to go to church. And you know what they want? They want to go somewhere where they know someone. To them, that, that is one of the most important things. They don't want to come in the door and be a stranger. They want to know where to sit. They want to know where to go. They want to know that they know somebody. And it's a scary thing to step into a church this size or a church of any size and not know someone. And so they just want to know someone. And they're searching for a place. And I guarantee you, if you have this conversation, I think you'll find this too, that there are so many people that are searching. And if you just say, hey, would you come to church with me this Sunday? More often than not, they will say yes, because they're searching. There's people who are beginning. So many times I talk to somebody who, who is not a part of a church, and what they're wanting to know is they want to know how to begin with God, and they want a place to belong. They don't really know how to start, and sometimes it's going to surprise you who these people are because you think they have it all together, or maybe you think they don't. Either way, what, what, what's in their heart of hearts is they're looking, they're trying to figure out a way to begin with God, and they don't know how. And if you would just invite them to church, if you would just say, man, I would love for you to come to church with me this Sunday, almost all the time they'll say yes because they're just looking for a place to start. They want to know how to begin with God, and they don't know how. And they need you to help them. And there's people who would love to return to church. You know this. There are people who have not had a great church experience. They've been hurt. They've been burned. They've been wounded. But they would return to church if you would invite them. 
Because what they would experience here, what, what I love about this church, what I love about you, what I love about Riverside, is that you're such a loving church. I know that because it takes you over an hour to leave the building when church is over. We can't get you out of here. We're trying to go to lunch, people. We've got to turn the lights off. Come on, help us out, right? No, you love each other well. And people would, if, they were, if you invited them, would return to a church like this because they just want a place where they can be loved and where they can love others. They just need someone to say, hey, would you come to church with me this Sunday? And I'll tell you, if you want to know how to do this, I, there's a little trick. If you just listen for people to say these two words, you, you'll hear them say, I just. And if you ever hear that, just by the way, this is a great opportunity for you to say, really? <laughs> you know, really, would you, would you want to come to church with me Sunday? Because you'll hear people say things like, I just moved here, or we just had a baby, or I just got a new job, or I just got laid off from my job. And, and whenever you hear them say the words, I just, if you'll just speak into that and say, really? Oh, you just moved here? You should, why don't you come to church with me this Sunday? It's a great place to get to know people and connect. It's a wonderful group of people over here. It's the church by Chicken Express. You can find it easy. <laughs> people would come. I know we're a welcoming church, but are we an inviting church? Here's what I believe is true because Jesus said it. You weren't invited just to be invited. You were invited to be an inviter. That this has got to be part of our core DNA as the body of Christ. That we are called to live different. We are called to be the body of Christ, to live different, to invite people to come together. And as you read through the story of Jesus and you look to the people, you look at the people that he invited to come and be around him, to come and be near him, they were some of the people that, honestly, you and I wouldn't be comfortable with. They were some of the people that were farthest from God. And it's a question we have to wrestle with too as a church, is are we as concerned as a church with people who are as far from God as God is? Jesus was always concerned most with those who were farthest from him. And by the way, he was normally the most upset with those who thought they were closest to him. So have we accepted the full invitation of Jesus? Have we said yes to come following him, but have we also said yes to inviting others to follow him? Church, if you would, please, please stand. We've said this before, and I believe it's true that the gravitational pull of the local church is always towards the inside. But you know how to fix that? It's really pretty simple. We fix our eyes on the same place that Jesus has fixed his eyes. I know we say all the time to fix your eyes on Jesus, and that, that's huge. That's the come follow me part, right? But the second part is to fix your eyes where Jesus has fixed his eyes. And where were Jesus' eyes always fixed? on people who, for whatever reason, were far from God. And what did he do over and over again? He invited them, no matter where they were in life, no matter what they had done, no matter their past or present sin, no matter their past or present problems, to come and to be where he was. I believe in my heart of hearts and the core of my being that this is what we have to do as a church of Jesus Christ. So we have to say yes to following Jesus. But we also have to say yes to inviting others to come follow him too. What wouldn't you do 
to help someone have an experience with Jesus. Here's what I want to challenge you to do this week, today, before you leave. Think about someone you can invite. I don't know who said it. I love this quote. He said, before you talk to men about God, talk to God about men. So whoever that is, whatever name you want to write down, someone you work with, go to school with, someone that's in your circle of influence or plays on the same team as your kids do, whoever it is, I want you to write their name down. Before you do anything, I want you to pray. And I want you to ask God. I want you to ask Jesus. Say, I want to accept your invitation to follow you, but I also want to accept your invitation to be fishing for people, just like Peter, James, John, and all the other boys, right? So help me. Help me. Open the door of opportunity. Open the conversation. Show me where to start. Give me the courage to not just be invited, but to become an inviter. And oh, by the way, if for any reason you're here today and you feel far from God, I want you to hear Jesus' invitation to you too. That you can draw near to him. And this morning, if for whatever reason you felt far from God, I want you to know that Jesus would love nothing more, no matter what you think of yourself, to be close to you. And if you want to pray, our elders are going to be around the room praying. If, if you want to start that life, if you want to begin that relationship with Jesus, if you want to step into these waters of baptism, we believe when you step out, you step out of new creation, you step out a disciple of Jesus, the follower of Jesus, we would love to, to help you in that moment as well. Because we believe the invitation of Jesus is the most important invitation the world has ever known. And the good news is, is that you're invited too. So may we step into our, the invitation of Jesus both to follow him and both to invite others to come follow him.